0: This is Cleveland's Team, a baseball history podcast. A regular look back at professional baseball in Cleveland from 1901 and beyond. No score. Pitch to Robinson. Line drive left field. Robert. And he's gone. Frank Robinson just hit a home
1: run and his first at bat as the play.
0: Now, here's your host,
1: Guardians team historian, Jeremy Fedor.
0: I guess just kind of starting at the beginning of everything, what drew you to, to baseball? Were you a multi-sport athlete or did
1: baseball stick out for one reason or another? Yeah, I grew up, um, my dad's a Navy chaplain, so I, uh, we've been around a lot, a lot of different places, but uh, my dad had three tours in the Southern California area, and that's, so 10 years old all the way through college, I, I grew up in the San Diego area, so I was multi Sports. I played uh, football, basketball, and baseball for four years in high school, two years of college football, and um, finally I got the uh, UCLA scholarship offer in '69 for my junior senior year, and I and I went to UCLA, but only went there one year before I signed. Yeah,
0: and you know that's that leads me to my next question. So, you know, you go to your baseball reference page and it mentions you were drafted twice by the Reds first in the 31st round and then in the second round you know was was college the reason that you you didn't want to sign or do you think you could get to that first round selection or
1: was there- Absolutely yeah you know the the bonus uh, you know the bonus in those days wasn't like they are now but um I was I was still playing football and and um I had that going and and, and I felt like um you know college experience was was uh was just as important as playing in the minor leagues, so uh, I, I didn't sign the second time with the with the Reds. I know they were they were after me for for those both of those times. It was right out of high school in '66, and then '68 out of junior college. And like I said, I played two years of junior college football, so um, I had a lot going on with sports and school, and I, I just decided to stay in school at that time.
0: Now. Flash forward a little bit. Did you know you were on Cleveland's radar in terms of the draft, or was it just you just played and wherever the uh, the chips fell, you just went with?
1: No, here's what happened with Cleveland. Okay, so um, after the '69 season in '69, I must have played 120 some games. I was at UCLA. I went to Alaska and played in the the NBC um, a summer league up up there in Alaska, Anchorage. And then, then we played in that tournament in Wichita, which is a, a National Baseball Congress. Played that tournament. We won the tournament. Uh, by the way, the, the UCLA Bruins. We went to the College World Series. All that. So a lot. A lot happened in '69, and uh, that was my junior year. At, at, at and I was at UCLA, and so when the season ended, uh, the summer ended. I decided to drop out of UCLA and made myself eligible for a January draft In those days they had a January draft and uh, because I was really pretty hot stuff at that time I was you know as you say the the Reds had wanted me and 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 now I had had this great year in 69 so when January came around uh, the two last place teams were Cleveland and San Diego ironically San Diego by the way Um, and they they literally and I I wrote um, postcards to every team to let them know I was eligible uh, in sixteen in in that seventy draft. So uh, those two teams flipped a coin for the number one draft, and it came out to be Cleveland. And ironically, had it been San Diego, you know, I grew up in San Diego, and and not only that, their AAA club was in Hawaii, which my dad. Uh, had just been stationed in uh Pearl Harbor in 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 Hawaii so I could have played AAA in in Hawaii had had San Diego uh drafted me but anyway Cleveland drafted me so I um uh I know this is a long story but this is this is all this is all true uh, Cleveland drafts me and I go to spring training and because I was number one draft choice and I was like Three years of college ball. They let me work out with the AAA club, and and I, I hit real well in spring, and, and I made the AAA club. Uh, I was also exposed to the Uncle Sam's draft uh, because I dropped out of school. I was I, I lost my two S, so they had that lottery system going at that time, and um, so um, I joined the Air National Guard. I made the club the the. And the team happened to be Wichita, which is AAA club for the Indians at the time. This was 1970. And I went to uh, Wichita and joined the Air National Guard and played that season in, in Wichita.
0: Did that weigh on you, the National Guard aspect? I mean, I can't imagine guys nowadays balancing both of those. And that was somewhat common, I think. I've, I've talked to a, a few individuals, like Ray Fossey was similar situation was that something that kind of weighed on you in terms of you want to pursue baseball but like you said uncle sam is also uh talking
1: oh it was uh you know it was to me it was a godsend for all of us because we were able to play play ball and still be uh serving our, our country because as you know they did the, they do the weekends they you do two days uh uh every every month and and then they they do have a, a two-week um Active duty thing, but they deferred it until the winter time, so I was able to play the season. In other words, I, I played played all my games, and if I missed a day, it was just because I had to attend a uh, a weekend session. But as long as I put two days in every month, uh, you know, I, I I served i served my country that. Day. So the National Guard was a, a real good uh, outlet for a lot of us to continue to play and not and not have to miss those years. Because that was a six year, it was a six year deal. You get drafted, it'd be two years, I guess, but, uh, but the six years was, uh, was, wasn't that hard, I, you know, they, it, it was really a lot of fun. I became a firefighter and, and, and I did a lot of work in the, in, in the off season, uh, you know, with, with that.
0: Now nowadays, you know, the draft is this big deal. You have TV, you know, the MLB Network. Everyone's showing all this stuff, and the players are at home with their family. Did you just get a phone call? How does that work? Do you remember who called you? What
1: what they said? Or yeah, that's a good question. You're right. Uh, it wasn't anything spectacular. Uh, yeah, it was. It was basically a phone call. Uh, I didn't have an agent at that time, and so uh, I think they just called me. me you know, I, I was talking to my dad or or something but it was it wasn't anything uh ceremonial like 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 they have now but I was number one draft choice in 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 January and did
0: Cleveland bring you up to the old stadium at all like right away or was it just I mean nowadays again the first draft pick comes up they get pictures and see batting
1: practice was that (laughs) something you got to do or not really uh no uh mainly because I didn't dress you know it it, had if I went through the June draft, that would have been going on because they're playing this was this was in the wintertime this was like January um, when I was when I was drafted. so there was no uh, nothing going, going to Cleveland. it would have been snowing at around that time. So no, I wasn't brought to the stadium that I remember. Uh, I just remember going to spring training which uh, which was the biggest honor was 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 to allow me to work out with the AAA club.
0: Was there anyone when you got the spring training that you'd say took you under their wing or really kind of helped you get acclimated to professional baseball.
1: Well, uh, let's see. Not really. Um, we had uh, this, this is, this is way back when I, the first hotel room I stayed in uh, there were four of us in the same hotel room, you know, they did the bunk beds in the, in the room. And and so, um, I think I think I wore number 100 and forgot what number that was. It was it was in the hundreds, and and uh, and I was not part of spring training. But I was, you know, I was with the AAA group, and, and that was that was really pretty nice. But but no, there wasn't anybody special there. Uh, uh, later on, my 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 manager was Ken Aspromani. Uh, w- when I got there, and, and he became uh, the manager in Cleveland when I made it to the big leagues, so uh, Aspro was a was a, was a big part of, of of my getting involved with baseball at that time. I got to meet Larry Doby, and and um, I got to meet uh, Rocky Colavito uh, uh, when I made the big leagues. So there there was a there was a lot of influences there with, with 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 the Indians.
0: And that actually leads me to my next question. I do want to talk about Ken a little bit later on, but, you know, I think we have this tendency to think of history as so long ago and, you know, what, what I have black and white, but um, for you, you're, you're getting into baseball. I mean, 11 years, or was it 14 years after Jackie's last at bat 11 years after Larry's last at bat. I mean, what was that? What, what did Jackie and Larry mean to you? Um, you know, as a player and uh, as a person, just, what these guys did. And you, you mentioned, you got to meet
1: Larry. I mean, do you remember what that was like? Yeah. You know, it was, it it was great. You know, he was, he was real, uh, uh, pleasant to me as, 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 as a lot of the former uh, Indian uh, players were, you know, I I met, like I said, Rocky Calavito was, was coaching with us also. Uh, But, you know, it's really what my answer is pretty much fast forward to, to what I, understood and met a lot of the players. I didn't get to meet Jackie. Uh, I did meet Larry Doby, but, uh, to understand what they went through, they say, sure. They saved me a lot of, uh, a, a lot of headache. I mean, those, those, those players is not just those, those are two guys, but I, I got to meet a bunch of other, uh, players, uh, black players that played in the sixties that, um, that went through stuff that I didn't have to go through, and I was, and I, I'm very fortunate, and I'm very grateful for for what they've done. I met a lot of them over the years. Bill White, you know, Bob Gibson. They're, they're, those those stories are, are unbelievable because some of those guys played Double A or Single A ball in the South, you know, in during that time. You know, I played Triple A ball in, in Wichita and didn't have any issues there. But uh, I can imagine had I been in Alabama somewhere at A ball, you know, what, what I might have had to go through. And I know that those those players um, went through all that to save me from, from from getting too much of that.
0: And I'm kind of curious what the, you know, when you get up to Cleveland, what that clubhouse was like. I mean, that era, you know, I, I read online in 1975, 27% of players were black. Now, you know, I think we're at 7%. Um, so you had, other black teammates was that, you know, was everyone pretty much, you know, intermeshed in the clubhouse I and mean, was it a pretty, pretty
1: easygoing situation or how did that? Absolutely. Absolutely. That was huge for me. Uh, my, uh, my, my, uh, teammate mentors were, uh, Vince Colbert, uh, Ted Ford, Frank Baker, uh, uh, but let's see, um, uh, Veda Penson was on our team. Uh, um, Roy Foster, I don't know if you remember Roy Foster, but those, those, uh, those and in those days, when you know, we had roommates and, and, you know, it's almost unheard of to have a, a white roommate. So we, it was all my roommates were, were, were black guys and we, we got along very well. It was, it was really a good camaraderie. Those are the guys that brought me up in the game.
0: And when you, when you came up to Cleveland, you know, do you remember, you know, where you live, where you was there an active black community that you were a part of, or was it just, you
1: were playing baseball and that was your life and you kind of just. Yeah. Most of that was, was the guys on the team. You know, we, we, we spent a lot of time with, uh, uh, with, with the guys on the team, you know, we, we love to play cards and stuff and we, we had a lot of fun together. And so, uh, when we go on the road we're you know, we're always, uh, after games before game, we're playing cards and, and talking stuff. It, it, it was really a lot of fun, but, um, Uh, we I got married in Cleveland and we did live uh, our first apartment was in the Shaker Heights area and uh, so um, but I got trade we got traded right almost after we got married so yeah we'll we'll get to
0: that trade in a minute too um do you remember your call up then your first game was in Chicago but do you remember the the stadium on the lake and and playing out there and they weren't very good teams, I guess to put it lightly. Um, do you remember yes. coming up and and just how was it overwhelming? Was it? I mean, that was a big cavernous ballpark
1: with not a lot of people in the seats sometimes. That's true, uh, but um, maybe I'm wrong. It was my first game in Chicago though? We we were not. Yeah, we were in. We were at uh, Comiskey Park, I think, and um, and I was brought up. And and I didn't play my, the first day or something, but the next day I my my first at bat was a pinch hit. I got up to bat and pinch hit. I think I grounded out or something. And then and then the next day was my uh, first start or something. I think I got a hit or two that day. But uh, but yeah, the the uh, the stadiums are just it was unbelievable. And, and yes, playing in, in Cleveland and and there's like. Twenty thousand fans there, and 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 the stadium holds like eighty. It was it was it it was really like playing in a desert or something. But uh, but anyway, we had a lot of good guys on the team. I remember all the teammates. uh, You're right, Ray Fossey uh, was there. Uh, uh, Ken Suarez. There's there's a lot of group of guys that that I remember. Nettles was playing third, as you as you know. And so uh, we, we had a fun group of guys. I got to know him real well. We did not win a lot of games. You're right. But, um, but I still had a lot of fun and I, it, was, it was a privilege to be in the big leagues. Did
0: that weigh on you not being on a, a great team or do you just want to play baseball? I mean, you went through a manager change your first year with Alvin Dark ended up being let go and uh, with Johnny uh, Lepon coming to be manager. Was that, you know, are you just kind of wide-eyed kid playing Major League Baseball?
1: Yeah, really. Uh, that's really what it was. I, I wasn't worried about, you know, when you, you want to win, obviously you want to win all the time, but uh, it, it didn't weigh on me at all about our success. We, we, I was playing all the time and, and I was just getting acclimated. I wasn't, I wasn't any great power hitter at that time, but I was putting the bat on the ball and, and, and having some decent averages. So, um, but our team started changing over the years you, 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 you referred to a lot of the things that that went on. Fosse's trade; uh, they traded for Gaylord. A lot of things happened during those years, and um, we got a little bit better. We got to start getting a little bit better hitting club. You know, the Nettles trade, and then of course, I of course I got traded away. But uh, but there were a lot of changes that were made during the years I was there. I was there.
0: And yeah, you, know, you you mentioned. Uh... You can ask for and, You know, you had your success in the minor leagues and it, with him and when he was named manager, was that pretty exciting for you then? I mean, you
1: had to be it's a known entity. So I imagine that helps a lot. It really was. Ken Ken was a, a great influence for me and in, uh, in the minors. And uh, uh, it was great to see him back up up in the big leagues. And uh, we had a sad day, actually, <laughs> because he, he was the one who had to tell me I got traded in uh that, that would happen in April of, of, um, 74. And, uh, so, uh, it was tough leaving him, but he, he was a good man. And I, I learned a lot from him.
0: What kind of manager, you know, was he, was he kind of, was he like a rah-rah kind of guy or was he just kind of one of those quiet, let the players do what they needed to do? Or what do you recall
1: from his time? Yeah. As- Aspro was, uh, a, a, um, uh, a understated, I guess, you know, he, he, he wasn't, he wasn't, um, uh, you never saw him getting loud or anything. He he was he was very subdued, uh, a very strong, uh, strong and quiet, in, in the in the Joe Torrey kind of thing. You know, Joe Joe Tory's like that. They're they're quiet, very strong, uh, but uh, but they always have your back, and and uh, uh, that's something you really appreciate and remember.
0: And did any of those guys from those Cleveland years become lifelong friends or just you've met so many people that it, you know, you kind of had acquaintances throughout but anyone you still talk to? Um,
1: well, the. Uh, sort of uh, it, it's, a lot that's happened over the years. Uh, um, one of the real close friends that I had with the, with those years was was Oscar Gamble, you know, and Oscar passed away some years ago. He and I were real close. Uh, I got real close with Charlie Spikes because Charlie um, had, you know, he got traded. He was in the Nettles trade and, and Charlie and I played together with Cleveland, but then he came to, uh, when I, in the eighties, I went to uh, the Braves and Charlie became uh, uh, a player on that team. And we, and we, we were close during those times. Uh, We we haven't talked to him in a long time, but, and that's true of a lot of baseball friends, you know, you don't talk to them for a long time, but, you know, one time you see them, you know, it's, it's be back like the old days, you know.
0: Um, I do want to then. So I was looking at the the newspaper from your when you were traded and it mentioned you guys had just uh gotten off the field. You beat the Angels. Nolan Ryan was pitching. I think you had a, a big hit and, um you know, Aspermonte kind of told you to hold back when you were going to go, you know, take a shower or something like that. Do you remember you know, that moment, that day. I mean, were you even aware that you were on the trading block?
1: No not, no, not at all. The trade was a complete surprise. But you're right about that evening. We were two runs down with the bases loaded. I think it was the eighth inning. And I'm facing Nolan Ryan. And I hit a, a, a line drive to left. You know, Nolan Ryan threw hard, as you know. I hit, I hit a line drive to left field. And, and it, it was a double. And it cleared the bases. And it was like in the clubhouse. It was like we won the World Series or something because it was it was real exciting uh, finish. And you, you're right, uh, Aspro took me, Dick Titro, and uh, Cecil Luptow into his uh, into his office, and 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 he was, you know, he was. You could see it on his face, you know, because you know he he had been with me in the minor leagues and everything, and, and then we were we were we were traded. So we're talking. This was a Friday night. The Saturday morning, I'm in a Yankee uniform at Shea Stadium. So it was it was a quick turnaround and and it was a complete surprise. I had no idea I was gonna be traded.
0: Do you think it helps getting your start in Cleveland and then going to New York, kind of getting your feet wet versus just getting in New York as a, a professional player, or am I just making that up? I'm just kind of curious from a player's perspective because New York's a different animal than Cleveland, even today as it is then. Did that no be, doubt. that help at all, or was it just kind of hey, it's baseball, is baseball?
1: Yeah, I, I really think uh, that didn't make that a uh, big of a difference. Uh, uh, the idea of playing in a big leagues, period, uh, in in Cleveland, was prepared me for for what happened in New York for sure because. As you know, we played in Yankee Stadium. We played in the old Yankee Stadium, so um, so I, I I I think the the years in Cleveland were very helpful for me uh, coming to New York. As you know, the, the the fanfare of what New York became wasn't going on when I got traded. You know, we were in Shea Stadium. Uh, they 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 hadn't been winning either. They weren't you know, uh, and and so it, it it was a situation where. Uh, it, it was the next couple of years when, when we moved into Yankee Stadium and they, after they refurbished it uh, when things start really getting exciting. And, and certainly the experiences I had with Cleveland uh, helped me, you know, to cope with all that.
0: Was there any, you know, bitterness or resentment at, at the franchise, or was it more just, hey, this is a business, it happens, and you move on? Or when you came back to Cleveland, you hoped to hit four home runs and, and,
1: yeah. you know, and RBI's? No, I never had those kind of feelings. Um, uh, but but one, one key person that, that uh, you know, had responsible for both Nettles trade and my trade was Gabe Paul. Gabe Paul was my GM when I was with Cleveland. And as you know, he went, uh, he went over to the Yankees. I think, if I'm not mistaken, he made the Nettles trade as a, as a Cleveland GM, but then he made my trade as a Yankee GM. I, th- I think I'm right about that. And so, uh, so when I went to New York, you know, Gabe was, uh, was there. Uh, and, and, and so he was in kind of in the background because he had made that trade for me. So I didn't, I didn't hate anybody in, in, in Cleveland or nothing like that. We were, my wife and I were surprised, you know, we were just a year out of marriage. Uh, and so uh, it was, it was just a, a change and we, and we coped with it.
0: And I guess one thing I kind of want to touch on too is, you know, you're out of Cleveland, you're in New York, but I imagine, you know, it's baseball, you still have your your finger on the pulse of all that. And your old manager, Ken Espermonte is replaced by Frank Robinson. I mean, what from a, you know, your distance, I guess, at the time, what was that like for you? I'm sure there was mixed feelings, um, you know, for Ken, but, you know, seeing Frank get in there must've been uh, an exciting time as well.
1: Oh, I tell you, yeah, that was, you know, that was uh a monumental moment for all of us, because uh, uh, you know that was that was Jackie's dream. You know, is, is to get that, you know, have have a black man managing. So, and it turned out that wasn't opening day was against us. I'm playing first base for the Yankees when uh, you know Frank played his first game there, and, and 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 if I remember, his first at bat was a home run. So uh, that that was really a thrill to uh, to see that. And um, I was really proud of the moment. It was it, it was it was great. Did you
0: get to know Frank well at all? I mean, uh, we had him here for a statue unveiling. seemed like a, a pleasant guy to talk to. I don't know if you had ever had a chance to. I mean, one of the greatest players of all time, Frank yeah.
1: Robinson. Did you have a chance spoke, to meet him? Spoke to Frank many times over the years. Yeah, we we were never uh, were on the same thing. I never played for him or anything like that, or teammates. Or but but I, I uh, over the years, yes, I seen him talk to him many times uh, uh, I I remember calling him for some advice a couple of times yes he's yeah uh, and he's he's business like he's he's a everything about Frank was this business and 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 you can see that in you know when he managed his clubs he's very very tough uh, with discipline on on his teams but I never played for him but I did get to talk to him quite a bit over the years.
0: Now, I guess more lighthearted questions. Who who as a player, what what pitcher was your least favorite to go up against? Was there anyone that when they were on the mound, you were just like, i oh, will be lucky to scratch
1: out a hit today? Yeah, yeah. That that guy was Vita Blue. Um, Vita in those years, you remember he was with Oakland and uh, I believe he had a season where he was Cy Young and most valuable player. He was really some kind of a hard throwing left hand pitcher. And and uh, even though I played and did decent against lefties over the years, Vita Blue was, was really a tough component. I mean, he, he, threw, he threw the ball as hard as, uh, as anybody and a great athlete on the field. So I, I didn't like facing him.
0: Yeah, that that same year he won Cy Young and won Rookie of the Year was the or uh, MVP. It was the same year you won MVP. Rookie of the Year. I'd be yeah. remiss not to talk about that. I mean, what a, a great year! I mean, uh, Fergie Jenkins was the NL Cy Young and, and Vida was the Cy Young MVP and um, the NL Rookie of the Year is Earl Williams and and you yep. and um, a that had to be pretty cool to see you know that many black baseball players succeeding, but also for you to win rookie of the year, do you remember, you know, getting that call or again, the fan fear from then to now is a hundred percent different. There's no, you know, half hour TV show running through all that stuff. So was it no. just a phone call or, or Ken telling you, or actually it wouldn't have been Ken
1: at the time it would have been. Uh, no. It, yeah. Let's see. Uh, it, it would have been, but it wasn't Alvin Dark who called me either. Uh, I, I, I forgot how I learned, uh, but it, it was, a, it was a phone call and, and, um, uh, I rem- I still have the award. It, it was called at that time. It was called the uh, the Ford Frick what Frank Ford Frick Award, something like that. And I still have the plaque. But um, this was years ago. I forgot how they uh, how how it was told. But uh, I know what you mean. Uh, did did I go to New York? Sometimes they they have a like a ceremony in New York where they they introduce you like that. But I don't remember doing that either. So it wasn't any any big fanfare at that time. And going back in time again, did that creep into your head during the season? Like, I have a,
0: a shot to win this, uh, this award, or is that just, again, one of those no. things? I'm here playing baseball,
1: and that's it. Yeah, I had no idea. No, I didn't. Uh, I, it wasn't like that. Even, you know, I'm asked that a lot when I, when I was an amateur in college. You know, did I want to play baseball my whole life? It, I, I really didn't have that in my mind because I was playing other sports. But no, during the season of, uh, with with Cleveland so when I brought up in 71 I had no idea about winning an award or anything like that I just just played every day and just just tried to get better
0: and um you know just I guess general re- reflections on a life in baseball because you know you you play you at coaching gigs you you spent so much time in baseball what you know looking at it now you know your the course of your career I mean what what uh I don't know your time in Cleveland, obviously your New York time is as well known, but what's uh takeaway. It's a loaded question. I know it's, it's, there's not really an easy answer, but uh, um, you know, looking back at it now, I don't know how you sum up a career like that, but any big uh, reflections or takeaways now that you've had time to kind of think about
1: your, your life in baseball? Yeah, well, uh, I, 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 I hear what you're saying. My, Obviously, my, from an individual standpoint, my, my big year, of course, was, was 76. So I hit the home run and put the Yankees in the World Series and all that. That was a, a really a, a big thrill and a, and, a, and a privilege to be a part of that. Um, and I know, I know, you know you're, you're reflecting on Jackie Robinson, and, and I, I couldn't be more disappointed at, at, at the number of Black players that are out there now compared to like you said, you said it earlier. Uh what was that percentage? 17 uh, right now it's like right now
0: it's like seven, eight percent of eight percent. And yeah. And it
1: was how many percent when I 19, played? Nineteen seventy five it was twenty-seven percent. Twenty-seven, you know, you are right. And I, I think I remember the um was it the Pittsburgh Pirates that had an all I think they had a all all uh, black team uh on the field. Nine 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 players. So I think might have a couple of Hispanics but i mean it, it it I'm just disappointed that, that uh that those numbers aren't aren't better today and uh, uh and I know a lot of a lot of guys, especially a lot of former players are working hard at at uh, at teaching the youth the game uh but um it's just it's just not the same and i and i know the uh in, in back in those days you know i know the negro leagues was w- w- was not in existence when i played but but the remnants of of what that was like you know was a real source of pride in the black community uh having the the negro leagues and and you know when when integration happened with with jackie and a lot of other players you know it 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 caused the uh the negro leagues to to fold and 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 not be in existence anymore and i think that that was really a, a a hurtful thing because it, that that made it right in the community when 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 that leg was gone, so it's not the same anymore.
0: And I guess too, and I don't know if this is something that you would remember or or have thought about at the time, but did you feel any sort of um, you know the story is when Branch Ricky spoke to Jackie, he told him like you know you have to have to be able to turn the other cheek, you have to be able to you know deal with this. Was there any sense of that when you were playing, or do you feel like you could be totally yourself and and just be you know the player you wanted to be. No, I
1: would. Again, my my, my career. Um, uh, th- thanks to uh, a lot of black players that went through a lot of a lot of things that I, I didn't have to go through. Uh, but no, I, I wasn't. I didn't have that kind of speech. To me, uh, I, I was never called names on the field or anything like that. But, um, and and, and I'm grateful for that. But, but no, that never happened to me. But um but I was so proud that that so many players were were around. You know, there was, there was there was there was a lot of guys around during that time. there's not so many now.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned meeting Larry Doby. That's one guy I wish I could go back and have a cup of coffee with. And you know, I just don't think that you know it's it's you know everyone's always bringing up Larry in terms of uh, Jackie gets you know a lot of attention, rightfully so. But Larry also had to deal with a lot and. Um, you know, I, as a Clevelander and as a Cleveland fan, you know, I think Larry should get a lot more uh, attention as well. And, um, you know, I think it's it's cool. That you got to have a, a chat with him and, and be around him because, you know, I never had a chance to to meet him. So I didn't know if you had any other, you know, reminiscences of, of Larry
1: or any other uh, you know reflections. Yeah, I'm so proud I got to wear his number. I wore 14 when I was when I was with Cleveland. And uh, so that was that was a real thrill that I had I had his number. I did meet him uh several times he lived in New Jersey. I ended up moving to New Jersey uh when I became a Yankee and, and so he lived there. Um and uh but 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 really you're right about him. He's he's he was a wonderful person to be around and to talk to and uh just so proud of what he did. It was you know it was but it was so many black players that went through that. You know it wasn't like you know you talk about Jackie and 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 Larry was the first in the American League. But so many other players went through a, a lot of that.
0: And that's something I try to let people know. Like, you know, just when just because Jackie and Larry did what they did, it didn't make everything okay the next year. They were still doing stuff. like when Satchel came in the year after and and so on and so forth. Um, you mentioned wearing 14. Was that intentional or was that just a happy coincidence that you got 14? And I
1: think it was a coincidence. I don't, you know, I I don't remember the, uh, the, the, uh, reason why I got that number I uh, uh, um you know you get to the big legs and they 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 just give you a uniform you know and and but I was given ironically was given 14 so uh uh later on knowing that that he wore that number that that was that was a that was a thrill so you go from wearing
0: 103 or whatever it was to 14 <laughs> that's got to be pretty cool
1: that's a true um, story yes
0: so that kind of covers everything I, I wanted to ask. Um, I don't know if there's anything about Cleveland or about your time here or about just baseball in general that you'd like to, you know, get out there. Like I said, we get this out to our fans and in various ways. And, you know, uh, you're one of our rookie of the years. We don't have a lot of those in our history. So it's, you know, that's, I think, a huge point of a Historic pride in our organization. And uh, you know, hopefully we have some more. We had 17 guys debut last year, but Quan was close. He didn't uh I think was he wasn't yeah. finished second or third in the voting. So we've been close with a few guys, but uh not since Sandy have we had another uh uh you know rookie of the year. But I mean, have you always had the fond memories coming back to Cleveland when you were with yeah. the other organizations or was there? Oh yeah, you know,
1: as you know, I coached a lot of years afterwards, so um um when we were when we were playing at, at the, you know, down on the lake down there, uh, we were promised this new ballpark, you know, and and uh, it was rumored that we were going, oh, you are getting a new ballpark gonna be downtown. And the, as I got to see it, but it was after all those years that I was coaching, I think, around the time we uh, went into the stadium you're at. And that's a beautiful stadium downtown now. And uh, but, yeah, those years were. Um, uh was 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 really a thrill, and and I I, I guess um, going back to yeah you know, I got we got my wife and I got married in Cleveland, so uh, that that was a special time, and and uh, and so we we got we we had our reception right at the end of the season, so we had a lot of the players be at our reception, so that that was really wonderful, but as far as um, coming back there. Um, uh you remember you you they used to honor the uh it was me and uh, sandy and it was a charbonneau Charbonneau and and herb score and, and herb Score the four of us they made plaques for us and i still have that plaque they they did they, they and and they uh and they did like a little cartoon yeah. thing on 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 the pet that 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 was really an an honor when they when they did that so we were we were at that time we were the there was four uh rookie of the years with with cleveland so and I got to know Herb Score too. Oh boy, another wonderful person. Any good stories about Herbie, or anything you want to uh, share? Nothing. Yeah, nothing really funny. Uh, uh, he he was just a wonderful guy. I, you know, I got to know a lot of uh, former players that uh, that were very very uh, uh, nice to me. It just it, it's it's endless. The number I could name for you, there was a lot of. But Herb was one of those wonderful people I got to know with Cleveland. Was. Was Feller
0: around much in the 70s when you were around?
1: A little bit. Feller, Feller's, um, I'd run into him because he, he did a lot of exhibition stuff and and especially in the minor leagues. So I'd, I'd run into Bob when, when he did that. But, uh, but no, um, he, I don't think he was working for the club at the time. I know Colavito was, but. Any anything with Rocky you want to chat about or Rocky and also
0: got traded and
1: broke a lot of people's hearts. So, yeah, Um, we we all remember Rocky's arm, you know, Rocky had a a, a, a cannon for an arm and he used to throw batting practice to us. And, you know, he he he, he was still throwing pretty good at that that time. So uh, but I remember that. uh, But learned a lot from him, too, over the years. He was great.
0: One of the uh, coolest people I've met, or I was
1: able to meet, was Mudcat Grant. Did you get to meet Mudcat at all? Oh man, Mudcat was a close friend. Got the. In fact, uh, you know, he had been with Cleveland before. He still had a house in Cleveland, and so um, I uh, he I what I did is I I rented his house. I stayed in his house uh, my first year when I was with Cleveland. So uh, and that was in a. I think it's been Shaker Heights somewhere, I can't remember, but uh, it was a beautiful home and, and that's where I got to stay when I, uh, when I came up to the Big Lakes. Mudcat ground has been a good friend for a very long time over the years. And Mudcat, I remember telling a story at, I think it was Larry Doby's statue
0: unveiling about, you know, being roommates, I think he was, with Larry, towards the tail end of Larry's career, and just what that meant to him, and uh, Mudcat had all the stories, he had some really great, uh, I, remember I was talking to CC Sabathia a little bit on online, he mentioned how much Mudcat was, uh, you know, just a great person, and, uh, you know, again, such an institution
1: of baseball that he was. He Yeah, he... Uh... He kept the uh, uh he's got a group of, of guys all the black the black aces the guys that won 20 games uh, uh, black play and that that was a, that was a group that he would have at his golf tournaments and stuff and uh so um i know cc was uh was was part of that that was that's a great group of guys
0: well like i said that's yeah I can I could keep talking for hours I think it's always fun to to catch up and like everyone's got these great stories and again, I mean I'm only 36 but I feel like things are getting more distant from me. I mean the 70s and 80s of baseball now it's just it's a different world than it is today and um this has been fascinating and uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to to chat with us. Um, you've been listening to Cleveland's team a baseball history podcast with Guardians team historian Jeremy Fedor.